0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Crossroads of Destiny and Avatar The Last Airbender Universe podcast. Right now we are talking about every episode of Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender one at a time. I'm Chad Hopkins and I'm joined by my co-hosts Andrew and Melanie Grant. How's it going guys? Did Wanna? you enjoy dancing to the theme song like I just did?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> All you know, day
0: every day. Andrew definitely just imitated a vine while listening to the theme song and then did a dab at the end. So,
1: Yes. you <laughs> Glad we could paint that picture for y'all.
0: Yes, of course. (laughs) Well, we're gonna go ahead and just jump into the episode because it's the last one we're doing today and it's a big one just like the last one was. So we are talking about book one, chapter eight, which is Winter Solstice Part Two, and is captioned Avatar Roku. It was directed by Giancarlo Volt, written by Michael Dante DiMartino, that's one of the two show creators, and it aired on April fifteenth of two thousand five, and is once again animated by D.R movie. And I think it's important to note that they also, DR movie also animated the Southern Air Temple episode, which we saw some similar elements with the opening doors and all that kind of stuff yeah. that we talked about also with King of Omashu. So I think it would be a good idea probably to just go ahead and dive into Melanie's predictions because that that's like the, the bulk of what this episode is
1: anyways. So predictions. Comet might be a reading of stars or something bad coming, like a, an omen of some kind.
0: Okay, so it is an omen, we yes. learned. We even see it one more time for a good at measure at the very, very beginning, beginning yeah. of the episode before seeing it again later, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we do find out what it is. We'll talk about that in a minute, I think. Right,
1: so more historical than, an, than a legitimate omen, but also we did learn that it, it meant something, that there was an impending foreshadowing a of something not good happening. <laughs> not um, good happening yep that's uh, the scientific term <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot more about avatar roku it, well i mean as much as we can in the short time that we actually get to see him mm-hmm. entering the fire nation which we knew would have to happen if he was going to meet up with roku so check on that one you are also correct that the fire nation temple would not be abandoned Although Katara was like, oh, yeah, no, it looks like it's abandoned.
0: And then, no. Immediately proven wrong. (laughs) Immediately
1: proven wrong. And then, um, let's see here. Maybe, maybe Zuko at Crescent. And then fight Zuko versus Aang. Mm. There was some Aang-Zuko interaction. Mm -hmm. Zuko captured him for a moment. Right. But, I mean, there wasn't much of a fight because Aang just was like... Swoop and was was in the temple. So, I'm gonna give you half credit on that one. <laughs> oh my gosh! As if we're keeping points. Yeah, but you should be. Uh, maybe we should. <laughs> so you got you got a you got like a, a a ninety on that one, with your some partial credits there. So partial
0: credits. <laughs> okay, on this one, I think it probably makes more sense to flip flop back and forth between our two parties rather than, like, focus on one and then the other, just because they do interconnect a little bit more this time around.
1: Yeah, they're not, like, completely separated geographically like they were in the last episode.
0: Right, so right away, we have Appa reluctant to leave Katara and Sokka behind. That's Aang's initial plan, to leave them behind, because he doesn't want the responsibility of them potentially getting injured or captured or whatever else might happen on his shoulders. But they don't want him to go. Appa's not going anywhere, and so reluctantly Aang does let them go with him but I mean it's because they're good friends obviously they refuse to stay behind and so the three of them set off on this journey and they they meet resistance pretty quick
1: yeah it didn't take very
2: long for sure
0: no
1: yeah I, I have Zuko right on on his tail he is not far behind
0: yeah Zuko's right on his tail and what's more is we get to meet our old buddy Commander Zhao yeah, once again back. leading a blockade into the Fire Nation waters mm-hmm. and something I want to get your thoughts on Melanie is Zuko is told by uncle that this is the most foolish thing he's done in his 16 years. And I still have to wonder what could he have done? He's also called a traitor in this episode by right. Zhao. What like, could he have traitor. done that would lead the Prince of the fire nation to make it such a dangerous choice for him to simply enter his homeland?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he must have effed up really, really bad. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is, they never mentioned his mother. I meant to ask about that. Did something happen to his mom? Did he cause something to happen to his mom? That's
0: something to consider, for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's the only thing I can think of. Not that I would ever think about abandoning my child. But is that I could possibly draw a connection that, to somebody. That would be the only thing I can think of some loved one got hurt because of Zuko. Something I noticed
0: the second time watching this episode today is that uncle is very careful to not call Fire Lord Ozai your father. He simply Mm. calls him Fire Lord Ozai, or he even says my My brother brother. at one point. He never refers. Zuko is quick to say my father will understand that I'm chasing the avatar. That's why I'm entering Fire Nation waters. But Iroh himself never says Your father.
1: He even responds to that exact quote. He says, My brother is not exactly the understanding type.
0: Right. So it's almost like, like, Uncle is trying to distance Zuko from his father in some capacity or Mm -hmm. maybe lessen the esteem he has for his father. Right. I don't know.
1: I would hope it's to just like have him stop making that connection. Like, you've been banished from your homeland.
0: Stop cutting him slack
1: (laughs) by someone. I, I feel like we know we have a good inkling of it have to be someone of high power in order to do that in the first place to banish him mm-hmm. that your father was either the one who did it or complacent with it either way your relationship with your father is not great right quit acting like it is. And so I think, or like it could be easily mended. Or, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I can just fix it. We'll fix it. Don't worry about Based it.
2: Based on, like, everybody else's comments and the way they treat him, they feel comfortable enough disrespecting him, mm-hmm. not following his command, giving him a little junkie ship. They obviously feel comfortable enough to do that because they know, like, what he did was really, really bad. And Zhao launches fireballs at yeah. Aang without second thought of what might
0: happen if they were to hit zuko
2: right and that's what his the other soldier was like we could hit one of our own he's just like okay get do it
3: yeah a
1: traitor a a traitor yeah and then even when ang is for the most part out of range like he's up in the clouds that he's still like keep keep firing Mm -hmm. maybe we'll hit we'll blindly hit the uh the avatar and if not, we'll take down Prince Zuko. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Let's keep going. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, since we're talking about the fireballs, it was a, such a cool move that Aang did deflecting one of the fireballs that came at him.
1: Or he just, like, kicks straight through. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: we have... This is, like, one of the first times in a while that we've been able to see Aang kind of use airbending to its strength. Mm-hmm. And for... I don't know, because I felt like in the last episode, he was just, like kind of pittering around and not really wanting to. And he mentioned it. He's like, I don't want to hurt
1: him. Right. And this was more of a defense. Like, this was a inanimate object immediately affecting the livelihood of his entire party.
2: It was just cool to see, like, full-blown airbending again and how he just like, demolished that rock. And we see
0: Aang also use airbending offensively in this episode for one of the first times. It's when the fire sages show up at the temple and he says to Sokka and Katara run off. I will hold them off. And he like straight up gives them an air slash and knocks them all on their uh, Mm -hmm. butts.
2: Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah.
0: So these people, the the fire Sages, are the guardians of the temple, the avatar. And you'd think, and Aang rightfully thinks that they would be there to aid Aang. This is the predecessor to Aang. This is a temple that belonged to an avatar. So you would think it would belong to all avatars, past, present, future, whatever you want to say. But it's clear that they have been corrupted by the Fire Nation. We get that story from Shyu, who is the one fire sage to help Aang and friends.
1: Yeah, he even says the fire sages were forced to serve the Fire Lord Mm -hmm. in the absence of the Avatar. Right. So since they were waiting for the Avatar to show up, because that's who their loyalty should fall to, since there wasn't an Avatar and they were powerful members of the Fire Nation, their loyalty was coerced into being under the rule of the fire lord
2: i couldn't help but feel paranoid again with shyu everybody's literally attacking the -hmm. three of them and then there's just like one little guy who's just like oh yeah yeah, yeah, i'll totally help you right so of course i was just like "Mm, where'd you come from nope you're not gonna help and then he did so that was a pleasant surprise
0: yeah we definitely did have reason to suspect him just because we haven't seen aid from firebenders in the past no helpful ones yeah Mm -mm. not good but yeah, the sages are worried about Aang talking to Roku because, quote, there's no telling how powerful the boy may become. So uh, there's not really much to talk about there yet. But when, when we get there, we can maybe discuss what this might have unlocked for Aang, if anything.
2: I was just, I thought the, the whole point of them being there was, like you said earlier, is to wait for the next avatar and so that they can defend him. So then why were they so against... Because, like, was it because they're corrupted by the Fire Nation mm-hmm. at this yeah, point? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. There was wasn't
1: like... an avatar for them to serve, so the Fire Lord was like, well, all are mine now, thanks. Oh,
2: okay.
0: And we got a new piece of information from Shyu as well. Ozai, obviously Ozai didn't start the war. He would have to be ancient at this point if he did. Right. right. His father, Sozin, did. And so that's a new name for us, Fire Lord Sozin. Sozin which unfortunately the captions on Netflix spelled wrong. It's S O Z I N not E N. Thanks Netflix. <laughs> um, but that was a big, like that was a huge drop of information. One that Sozin the name Sozin, but then his comment.
2: Yeah. It, that was kind of terrifying. A little bit of information. And he was just like, Oh, and by the way, before you leave, like if you do not master the elements by the end of the summer, This is what can happen. And
1: breath telling him, like, oh, yeah, it usually takes years. Oh, yeah. For an avatar to learn all four. But you have till the end of the summer. Okay, thanks, bye.
2: (laughs) No pressure.
0: (laughs) Which, if they follow the same calendar year as ours, in theory, that gives them six months. Half a year, basically. Anyways, that, that piece of information comes from Roku. Yes. But this was something that when I was watching earlier this morning that was like a huge piece of information for me and i wanted to get your thoughts on it shayu says that only a fully realized avatar is powerful enough to open this door alone and so that was like a an eye opening thing for me because not only does the avatar have the capability to learn all four elements and master them what this seems to hint at is that he then also Urshi, then also becomes the most powerful bender of that element because mm. otherwise it's either one avatar opens this door with fire or five people.
1: Yeah. Or five sages, like five masters of firebending. And you're just like, no, I I realized that too. I was just like, that's a serious statement to make. Like, yeah,
0: I don't think that it ever hit me before. Like you are powerful by default because you have all four elements at your disposal, but then also to have the massive amounts of power that equal five people, at Mm -hmm. least that, that, that was insane. That, that, (laughs) <laughs> it exploded my mind a little yeah, bit no. when I caught that this morning.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, can, I don't know if fully realized avatar just means master of all four elements or fully realized as in like within the avatar state itself. Like he needed to be in the avatar state because I can see any uh, avatar in the avatar state bending fire to that degree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for him to just be like walking up as, as the avatar or a mature avatar, right? I'd just be like, Fire, fire blast, here we go, like I don't know how like how much weight that carries, like but it doesn't change the fact that he was just like either one avatar or five grown fire
2: How I took that phrasing, a realized avatar, I took it as he needs to fully be aware and accepting and comfortable with being the avatar that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. I didn't so much take it as how you guys did,
0: which yeah. is weird I, I think. To me, fully realized means has mastered all four elements. So mm-hmm. a mature avatar. It's been years in theory mm-hmm. because he's gone through the proper process. And so that's that. That's that. And I, I could see the possibility of the assistance of previous lives mm-hmm. being a necessity as well, like accessing the avatar state, because we can assume from this point that Now that we know that the spirit world exists, the Avatar state and the spirit world are linked, since that's how Aang is able to communicate with Roku. Mm -hmm. And so maybe Aang being able to bridge that connection at will a little bit more easily would help him to gain access to the Avatar state more easily and then have access to those powers to open a door, for example.
1: Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that we weren't able to talk to Avatar Roku until the light reached, not his eyes but his forehead again. Just like we saw in the other spirit world True. connection.
3: Yeah.
0: Before we get to the, the real heavy stuff, I just wanted to say one more thing about Sokka. Sokka is really starting to prove himself mm-hmm. to be a creative thinker and problem solver. Mm. We had the fake earthbending in Imprisoned with Haru and getting Katara caught. And I think that was a joint effort between the two of them. Right. Mm-hmm. But Sokka was the one who explained it at least. And then they applied that same concept on the barge. And then now he had the concept of let's do fake firebending too. I have, I can just sanction off these little bits of oil in these bags and put them and then we light them all at the same time. And even if the plan didn't completely work, it was creative thinking
2: and really showed Sokka's strengths at approaching problems. Mm -hmm. That was one of the first times he's actually mentioned his father, like some of the teachings he got from his father and a little bit too. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting
1: yeah i mean you can obviously see that you have two members of the crew who can manipulate the elements to some degree but that doesn't necessarily make them strategically or the greatest problem solvers like you don't i mean they're still young they're still trying to learn a lot of stuff and i think sokka has definitely been exposed to a lot more following his dad around and and when they did things he did things and so he Knows a little bit more, and we finally get to see that Sokka does have some teachings from his father, although he did leave at a fairly young age. Like there has been some knowledge passed down, and Sokka's actually starting to bring that to the table.
0: Mm-hmm. So that gets to the big part of the episode, and I, I just wanted to take a moment to break it down. and We can talk about it, and we talked about this a little bit already. But Sozin's comet came hundred years ago. What else happened hundred years ago? Ang was frozen. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty closely linked around the same time. Mm-hmm. It makes firebenders more powerful, and it's how they started the war. Yeah, which is scary, especially when Roku drops the news. Yeah, it's coming back
3: mm-hmm.
0: six months. Be ready. You have to master all four elements. You've got one so far. Good luck. And he says you must do it by summer's end because if Ozai is able to harness the power of the comet when it comes the second time and end the war once and for all, as is his plan, even the Avatar will not be able to restore balance. Which is
2: crazy.
0: It's crazy, yes. And it's terrifying, also, from Ang's perspective, because that's not a lot of time. He's been sort of fiddle-farting around up to this point. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's at least been a period of several weeks since the start of the show because they make the comment in this episode about when the the lights on the statue lit up. It was a few weeks ago. Yeah, And that would have been pretty soon after they left the Water Tribe. So he's wasted some time. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a whole lot of it left. One thing that gives Aang some hope and should give us hope is that Roku says, I know you can do it, Aang, for you have done it before. And it's just thinking back to the access he has to his past lives. And mm-hmm. so now maybe it becomes not only about mastering the elements, it also becomes about strengthening the connection with the spirit world so that he maybe has a little bit more of the predecessor's power in his pockets.
1: It's almost more like mastering being the Avatar and not necessarily mastering the four elements. It's like a there's a little bit of a switch there. like you have previous lives who have done this before and access to that power. It's not even
0: necessarily about the avatar state and having those powers. It's about falling in sync with your past lives Mm -hmm. and maybe even just remembering the training in a way that speeds up the process. Maybe. What did you have to say, Melanie? I
2: was going to say, is it a possibility for him to converse with his past avatars like he did with master Roku? Or is Master Roku the only one that he's able to do that with?
0: There's no reason for us to assume that it's only Roku he can talk with.
2: So maybe he could figure out which avatar he, Master Roku was referring to and see how that guy did it, or girl.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. Like, maybe this, not specific circumstance, but mm-hmm. there was a rushed avatar process at some right. point. That, that's a possibility to consider, yeah. Any more to say about what happens in the room? With Roku. In the room where it happened.
1: He okay. did confirm that Roku sent his dragon to find Aang. He
2: did. Yeah.
0: Roku did absolutely send his dragon to seek out Aang, so that's good.
2: How he started going into the Avatar state, which I was totally expecting little baby Aang to come out. hmm And it was definitely <laughs> not. That was
1: Roku.
0: That was pretty awesome. That yeah. was really awesome.
1: And I think the best part of that was... All of the fire sages who had been attacking the avatar because it wasn't Roku are now fighting Roku. Right. So all of their theories and loyalties are legitimately being called into question because it's like, Oh yeah. Remember he was the avatar. Mm -hmm. He was the guy you were serving and you have pissed him off so much that not only is he attacking you, he's bringing this whole place down. You're, you're done. Mm-hmm. where we're, this, this isn't a game anymore. You, you have attacked the avatar. Therefore, you've attacked Roku, who was your previous, I won't say master, but who you previously served. Uh-huh. And now he's not only going to fight you, he's going to burn this place to the ground.
0: It's almost like Roku is out for vengeance yeah. for their betrayal.
1: Right.
2: Because he did not hold
1: back. And I feel like you see that in the fire Sages. I don't know, in the reaction, they're like, uh-oh. That's not Aang. <laughs> um, no. We, we don't messed up guys <laughs> I, I feel I feel like there there's a, a some kind of like subdued moment where you kind of get that like them realizing how messed up they they have things now right and unfortunately you, do, you don't necessarily know if it calls them in back into accordance with the avatar, but you definitely see that Commander Zhao is going to treat all of them as traitors. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, hold up, hold up. It was only just that one dude. Was like, I don't care.
2: All of you are traitors in care. my
1: eyes. You're done. It was just like, okay, so now they've pissed off everyone. Like, there isn't they they're not in a good spot anymore. And so I feel like the best move for them is to go back to helping the Avatar, especially now that they're they've made enemies with literally everyone.
0: Yeah, backing up just a little bit to to get all of our characters in the same place. Yes, Zuko was let through the blockade by Zhao. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious that it's so that he can follow Zuko. Because clearly, Zuko is a lot better at tracking the Avatar than Zhao is. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't make any attempt even to hide that. They stare at each other as he passes through. Zuko uses the damaged engine on his little tiny ship, thanks to Zhao, to escape and to follow Aang. Presumably to trick Zhao. Zhao figures it out somehow. That's how they're all converging at the temple.
2: What happened with Uncle Iroh?
0: He's on the big ship. Well, the, the little big ship. Yeah, he just, so he, it was, he just kept floating on? Yeah, he just kept going on. I would assume that Zhao figured that Zuko would try to be deceptive. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and you can tell that when Zuko's like, no, Uncle, I got this. Like, the smokestack is going to go this direction, but I'm going to go that direction. And Iroh immediately is like,
0: Struck my beard. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> he, he's going to know. Like, he only let you through to follow you. Yeah. And then when he's like, no, 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 the ship's going to go over here. I'm going to take something smaller. I'm going to go over here. We're going to trick him. And Uncle doesn't even say any. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't tear his, his, his plan apart yet again. He's already told him three times not to even enter the blockade. And that the only reason he's going through the blockade is because Commander Zhao's going to manipulate this to his favor. And Zuko is still just like, no, I may be a third of his age, but I got him. I'm going to trick him. And Iros is like, I don't think you're understanding any of this. (laughs) So, yes, I will follow your plan. And when it backfires, you'll have to learn at some point that you're dealing with people who are naturally deceptive. They're strategic and they're generals in... In the, you know, the, the fleet, Uh they know the tricks, they know what's going on.
0: That's something I hadn't considered was that Iroh was just sort of letting Zuko's failure play out so that he learned something from it.
1: I mean, I, I, I feel that way because every time that Zuko comes up with this next part of the plan, next part of the plan, Iroh has been there. Like, you know, he does it like three or four times throughout this entire thing. Mm -hmm. He's just like, don't do, don't go there. You're, you're going to make a mistake. He's only letting you through so he can manipulate you and into his favor. And then he's like, no, I'm going to trick him. And he's just like, (sighs) and he just kind of like leaves it. And that's when I, that's how I felt that he's not going to keep picking his plans apart. He's obviously not really listening in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we have now come to the point where we're through the blockade. We're in the Fire Nation. Honestly, Ira probably isn't in the greatest position to be in the Fire Nation himself. So, he may want to distance himself from the fleet anyway. So, yeah, maybe we're already past the point of no return. Let's see how your thing plays out. Maybe it works, it's not, but maybe it works, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so, I think Iroh kind of washes his hands of the situation is just like, oh, we're this far. Let's why not roll the dice?
0: Yeah, so that brings it back to everybody fleeing the temple because Roku is bringing it down, and that's the power of a fully realized avatar, frankly. Mm-hmm. He's got lava erupting from the foundation, spewing out the top. The whole thing is splitting down the center. And it, I mean, it is coming down, like, righteously. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is a big deal. He's not just, like, toppling it over. It's like, let me break the foundations and submerge it with lava.
1: And so since it is a fully realized avatar, avatar Roku, mm-hmm. is lava bending, earth bending, or fire bending? Good question. He's bringing up the lava, and so he's, I mean, he splits the temple in half, which I feel like is more of
0: an earth bending move. Right, that, that for sure. The, the lava itself makes me wonder. I wonder if there would be a difference between lava and then hardened lava. Right. Like, would lava be considered fire? I don't know.
1: Because you definitely see it as a very... Focal point in the Fire Nation. Like, I don't know if we see it on the map, and I feel like since it's geological, I'm not giving too much away, but I think the Fire Nation is a chain of volcanoes. It is.
0: I'm looking at a map right now that's in my journal that I keep my notes in, and it's just a whole bunch of volcanoes all over so, the Fire Nation.
1: Obviously, a symbol of fire, but in and of itself is not fire. It is hot earth, it is melted earth. hmm. So I was just curious, like, should we find another master firebender? Can they mess with magma or lava? Or is it just because we have someone who's also an earthbender that we're seeing this happen?
0: That's something we can definitely keep track of as we go forward. Something that maybe I'm thinking about is a firebender might not be able to manipulate the magma or the lava itself. Mm-hmm. But then it might, they might be able to manipulate, like, the the fire that emanates from the mm. lava and then therefore manipulate the lava by chain. I don't know. That'll be something we keep track of going forward.
1: I mean, I just thought it was interesting to see like, cause he comes out and he obviously has significant power mm-hmm. and easily overpowers whoever Zhao brought with him and the fire sages. Yeah. They all just
0: run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he blows, uh, I mean, he blows up part of the, the building just coming out of the room melts chains off of Katara and Zuko Mm -hmm. and Sokka. And so it's like, he's obviously not messing around when it comes out, but it's just like, how much of his power are we actually seeing?
0: Right. So we already mentioned this, but I wanted to point out that here is Zhao yet again, blaming his failures on other people. He blames it on the sages. Mm -hmm. They say, but it was only shy. Yu. Oh no. All five of you are traitors. You're going to go to the prisoner pit. We'll see what the Fire Lord has to say about your stories. Bye. And I just, I I wrote down, man, isn't that a mark of a great commander? Yeah.
1: I mean, he always passed the buck. It's someone else's fault. And then he also knows that in his position of power, if he says that there are five traitors, even being fire sages, that the Fire Lord is going To to, to believe him. Right. And so using that to his advantage just as much as you know making sure the situation goes away and nothing's pointed on him and i'm just like you 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 dirty rotten scoundrel you <laughs> like come on now this is this is twice i mean we've only seen you twice and you're always blaming it on someone else it's just like i'll come up to you
0: is there anything else in the episode we wanted to linger on before we get to the final visual that i wanted to talk about
1: we have to talk about momo oh sweet momo well not only being in the temple. Because that was hilarious, <laughs> but we're freaking out because this is at the beginning of the episode. We're freaking out because Saka gets blown off the uh, off of Apa, <laughs> so they dive way down and come up onto the water, and we save Saka. And everyone's like, "Oh, whew, that was stressful." And then there's a fish that pops out and slaps Saka in the face, and then Momo catches it and runs away <laughs> with it. And you're just like, "What the?" What <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you always like for every moment that there's like that super stressful in the show, it's immediately followed by like that quirky little <laughs> like <laughs> like some kind of something comical. I mean, obviously slapping sock in the face was funny enough, but it's there was even that little extra moment of like Momo, like being so oblivious of whatever's going on. He's just like, Oh, look a fish. Thank you. Bye.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or how he ended up being going into the plan with pretending to be Ang inside the temple. So right. that the fire sages opened up. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, Hey guys.
1: <laughs> or when he,
2: what else did he do? He was wearing a oh, fire, the yeah, the the, the fire, fire nations, nations hat. Had. Yeah. At the very end. <laughs> it's cute. And cute
0: and you, Momo you mentioned something that we sort of just skipped over. We don't have to, Talk about it for a long time, but Sokka's plan with the fake firebending didn't work, but it looked like it worked. Mm -hmm. And Katara was like, "Oh, we can adjust this, tweak it, yeah, and still use it to our advantage." And so it worked out because of their teamwork in devising a plan.
1: Did the definition of genius change in the past 100 years? (laughs)
0: Because he was not.
1: He was like, "I don't see it. It It didn't work. I don't get it."
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that, that leaves the beautiful and heartbreaking final shot of the episode where they are on Appa and they're flying into or towards the moon. And so they're silhouetted against it. And Aang is sitting off to the left by himself, looking away, dejected, terrified, unsure, doesn't know how he's going to be able to pull this off. And there's no dialogue. There's no extra stuff except for some really beautiful music Mm -hmm. as first Katara and then Sokka stand up and walk over to Aang and just, Lay their hands on him and comfort him. Mm-hmm. They probably haven't gotten the story at that point yet. They don't know. They Why? just know yeah. that Ang exited the temple, and sure, all the other crazy stuff happened. But Ang himself was in some sort of weird funk, mm-hmm. some sort of depressed mood. They don't pester him. They just they comfort him because they see in that moment that's what he needs.
2: Right. That was yeah. really cool. Sometimes it's the best scenes are the ones that don't have too much to them.
0: Mm -hmm. It's just realizing that the weight on his shoulders as the avatar was already so great. But now
1: there's a time limit. Yeah. Roku was, didn't mince words. He's like, this, this comet started the war and Fire Lord Ozai is going to use it to finish it. Mm -hmm. Once and for all. Yeah. So there, his timeline is set. There is no after-comment. He has to do it before.
0: Right. So the only other small things I had to mention, Dante Basco, who voices Zuko, Jack DeSena, who voices Sokka, and Mae Whitman, who voices Katara, are all listed under additional voices by at the end of the episode. I didn't necessarily hear their voices, but I, I, I like the economy of... <laughs> Hiring people and just like using the same people to voice different characters while they have them in the studio, I guess. Yeah. But then Michael Yama, who plays shayu I looked into his filmography, and he's not some big movie star, but he did appear in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom as a co-pilot. Oh, yeah.
1: Random fun fact.
0: Fun fact, yeah, for sure. So let's go into predictions that Melanie has for the next episode. This episode is called. The water bending scroll.
2: I think this is how he figures out how to water bend. Okay. To master it.
1: He's going to master it in this episode? I
2: don't think he's going to master it. I think he's going to start the process of doing it.
1: Right. Because
0: the only time we've seen Aang water bend at this point is when he entered the avatar state in episode two.
2: Yeah. And he didn't mean to do it. And he doesn't know how to do it. And he doesn't even remember doing it. Right. So I think that's what it is.
1: Okay. Do you have any theories on where?
2: Or they have to find it. Somehow they find out that these scrolls are really important for them to figure out and, and start to the process to master mm-hmm. waterbending. So maybe their little quest is to find the scrolls and then to decipher them.
0: What do you think might happen with Zuko, if anything, in this
2: episode? I think he's going to regroup. Hopefully his ship is fixed.
1: Mm-hmm. Regroup with Iroh, since they're not in the same. Yeah, I regroup okay.
2: with Iroh. And I've been wrong about a lot of what Zuko's going to be doing. So I'll go against what I normally would think. And maybe he will track them again and meet up with them again. The trio.
0: This is the second time in these eight episodes that Zuko's ship has been destroyed or in need of great repair.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slap that thing back together very quickly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Any other thoughts?
1: Don't think so. So we know already that... They have to go to the North Pole. Right. So do you feel like we've already made it to the North Pole before we start waterbending? Or where, well, the, I where, guess, yeah, where maybe, the scroll comes into play?
2: I guess, yeah, maybe they will, they'll make it there now. Because what was delaying him wasn't the fact that it was difficult to get to. What was delaying him was because Aang wanted to do all his little side trips, right? Right. So now that he has a deadline, I feel like he's going to... Um, not take it more seriously, but buckle down. I guess a
1: little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you think Aang tells them that there's the deadline?
2: Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Oh, I guess he doesn't want to scare them, right? He didn't want them to go in the first place. The question.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's oh, uh, he already knows he's the avatar. He already knows it needs to happen, and he's been putting it off anyway. Do you think he tells them that there's a timeline?
2: I think so because if anything, he doesn't. If he knows he's the only way for people not to get hurt. He's going to do everything he can to make sure that it stays the same.
0: Okay. Well, before we officially close off, I, I wanted to throw in something real quick because we are eight episodes in to the show. And we just finished a heavy two-parter where we got a lot of information. And I wanted to ask Melanie, how are you enjoying it so far? Are you hooked in as much as you hoped?
2: Yeah, I actually am enjoying it a lot more. Mm -hmm. So something that I didn't mention in the very, very beginning of us doing this is I I wasn't very into cartoons as a child. Like I would watch some stuff, but even as an adult, like I'm like, okay. so I was I was kind of interested how I was going to take it. But I'm really enjoying what I'm watching so far. And I got a treat today. Got to watch three episodes in a row Mm -hmm. where you guys usually cut me off at one so
0: one or two yeah usually usually sure. sure you're still awake by this time
2: oh no yeah guys if that's something else you haven't figured out i am dying because i am exhausted <laughs> oh
0: we talked about that in episode one or in our preview yeah. or something yeah.
2: <laughs> that i i am in bed out to the world by like eight thirty. so you're welcome everyone
0: okay i was just curious i wanted to know yeah. like what you were thinking so far do you understand
1: our attachment
2: I'm getting there.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, especially after these couple episodes, yes, they were really heavy, but what they really gave us was a scope for what we can expect for the rest of the show.
2: Right. And I think it's just going to be really, really cool just to see, like, as he's starting to grow in in his powers. I mean, I'm already kind of mesmerized what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. To see him grow into those powers, I'm really excited to see what that's going to show us. Okay. One last thing.
0: Do you have any thoughts or predictions for the scope of the show now that you get a real sense of what it is Aang is trying to accomplish.
1: Like we have characters, we have their start points, and now we, for, we get our first like big plot point check And check potential end goal. Yeah. So where do you see this going? In general terms.
2: I think we're just going to take it season by season, I guess. Like it makes sense why there's only... It doesn't make sense, but because... It, It's such a good show. I wish they had made more seasons, but I think are we mastering one element per season? So it's water and then it'll be earth and then it'll be fire.
0: Right. That's how they're structured. Yeah. Right.
2: I don't know. I hope he, I really hope he makes his goal. That's what I, I wish for all of it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know how you read books. You read 60 pages in. I do. If you were to write the ending of this, if this is our 60 page point, Mm-hmm. And you were going to write the ending of this book. <laughs> what does that look like to you right, now with, right what, now, with the information that you have?
2: I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it
1: doesn't look good. That's fair. That's a
2: that's six a months fair point. That is mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of pressure on a little dude. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was
0: very careful to say that what these episodes just gave us was a potential endpoint.
2: Mm-hmm. Sozin's comment.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's up in the air now that's a short amount of time is he going to be able to do it if he isn't able to do it how is he able to succeed in the end if he succeeds in the end i don't know okay well i'm just we're just giving you things to think about Mm -hmm. i I sprung this on you so you did
2: and i had no (laughs) time to think about that
1: but okay i will think about it more yeah i hope he pulls it out but it doesn't look good yeah and i think that's a fair assessment thus far okay
0: Well, that is the end of episode seven of Crossroads of Destiny. Thank you all Mm -hmm. for listening. The contact for the show, Facebook.com/slash Xroadspod at Xroadspod on Twitter. Please go over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a rating and a review. That's the best thing you can do right now to help us, aside from just spreading the word on your own social media. If you would like to email feedback or ideas to us, you can email xroadspod at gmail.com. And again, you can leave a voicemail. Try to keep it around a minute or so, be specific, give us something to talk about. You can dial 3145-YIP-YIP. Yip. That is 314-594-7947. Melanie, remind us what your Instagram is again.
2: It is Melanie Amanda MelanieAmanda44.
0: Andrew, you can find on Melanie's Instagram sometimes and also following <laughs> the XROADS <laughs> pod yep. Twitter. And the best place to find me is at Chadadada on Twitter. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. My other podcasts are the Cinescope podcast where we talk about the movies we love and why we love them and An American Workplace where we talked about The Office episode by episode. And so you can find both of those where podcasts can be found at Cinescope Pod, at Workplace Pod. And then all the show notes and contact information for this show can be found at xrodspod.com. That is it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please reach out. We would love to hear from all of you on social media. Give us your thoughts. Give us your theories. Give us things to talk about. We would love to hear from you. Talk to you in episode eight when we talk about book one, chapter nine, The Waterbending Scroll.